right. Welcome to Walk-Ins. Welcome. I'm excited to uh, introduce Betsy, who is going to be our guest speaker today. She is with Main Street Family Care, and Betsy Stewart has been working with them as the VP of Marketing for a little over six years, if I recall, uh, and she currently manages over 22 locations and growing rapidly. I'm very excited to have you on the podcast. Welcome, Betsy. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, glad to have you. So I've got to ask you, uh, tell our listeners, what is one thing about the urgent care industry that you did not expect? Ooh, hmm. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, one thing I did not expect. Um, well, uh, as somebody who did not start in the healthcare industry and who has background in retail and events marketing, um, I shouldn't have been surprised, but just some of the regulations we faced, even with marketing, um, the challenges, whether it was, you know, when COVID first came on the scene and we were trying to advertise or kind of get the message out that we had COVID testing and vaccines. Uh, we found a lot of limitations, a lot of ads rejected that way. Um, we also uh, have some of our clinics have done a Suboxone program. So of course that is all super uh, restricted and, and kind of the challenges of working around that. Um, right. Also just as digital marketing has advanced, you know, in the last six, 10 years, um, we know when I first started, we were really all about just the top of mind awareness marketing, marketing um, and now really developing those funnels to kind of convert patients to our primary care or kind of, you know, shift our strategy. Uh, those were two things that have definitely been a fun challenge and uh, something that I have learned on the job uh, as I've been here with Main Street. Well, you've definitely brought a lot to the table as far as all, all the shifting is. Let me just read off a couple of things and step in and correct me. So you've been able to grow uh, Main Street Urgent Care from $3 million in 2016 all the way up to tw uh, $25 million in 2020 and growing. I'm sure you're still working on 21. Now, you've got some stats in here that I love where you're talking about your cost per acquisition is $6.08 and your cost per click. Uh, is 49 cents per click. You got a budget of $400,000. We're going to dig into that in a little bit, um, but you've been able to grow those social media pages uh, up 15% in 2020. Now that's fine. Uh, I'll, I'll be really interested by fine. I mean, it's really good. What I mean is like, I wonder how that'll look when we're not in a pandemic and everybody is staring at their device. Yes. Uh, I'm not taking <laughs> anything away from you because I see the 500% increase uh, growth from where you started to where you are in 2020. It'd be interesting to dissect those numbers and look at 2019, 18, 17, and see where that biggest mass, did it all come in 2020? You know, those kind of things. So yeah. you were to launch some new services. You talked about Kids Street Pediatric Urgent Care. You've incorporated telemedicine services, online web res registration, um, family select primary care. That's really cool. Uh, and then, of course, you talk about Dr. Wellington uh, being the direct primary care. So that is awesome. What a I geek out over the numbers. All right. So I'm going to ask you uh, as a numbers person in the marketing world, there's the vanity metrics and there's the reality metrics. Cost per click, vanity metric, cost per acquisition, real world patients through the door. Yeah. So what is the number one marketing tool, whether that be traditional or digital or whatever? What's the number one marketing tool that you're like, I have to have this in my tool bag? Alas, uh, Facebook advertising has probably been the most successful for us to kind of grow our brand. 
Um, that, and then because we serve so many rural communities, we do still put quite a heavy emphasis on our community engagement, our grassroots and PR efforts. Because um, a lot of those, you know, of course the PR can come for free, which is really nice, but um, you know, we do invest a lot in our local chamber of commerce. We sponsor the high school football programs. You know, we try to be as local as we can, even though we are a, you know, now regional company. Um, so the, those have really been our most effective um, kind of, you know, we still see so many of our audiences are interacting and engaging on Facebook um, and, and kind of growing our brand there, uh, as well as, like I said, that that community effort. So I, it's awesome that you bring the community because I look at Facebook as kind of an online community. Mm-hmm. And one of the frustrations I think all uh, urgent care owners and marketers and everything kind of share is that, you know, they throttle that engagement on Facebook. You get about six or 7%. Are y'all mixing that with Instagram? Are you mixing it with some other social media platforms or are you using Facebook as your primary? Pretty much primarily Facebook for our kid street brands. We are engaging a lot more. We're trying to engage a lot more on Instagram and grow our Instagram strategy. Um, You know, we are right now in the middle of growing our marketing team so that we have more capacity to do more stories polls, reels, uh, even exploring TikTok eventually, um, you know, to kind of to reach that millennial mom generation that is in our suburban markets. Um, But like I said, in in our rural markets, Facebook really has been um, what brings it in. We just kind of did a trial run with an agency uh, that was able to kind of show us conversions in the clinic a little bit better. And um, they did both Instagram and Facebook and Facebook by far uh, won out on those conversions. Right. That seems to be the highest engagement. And I, I guess that's more of a, especially on the kids street side, uh, you're going to see more parents on Facebook than you are going to see on Instagram, more kids on Instagram, but they're not ones making the decisions on their primary care. I don't guess. Right. That makes a whole lot of sense. So I guess it was probably two weeks ago, we saw an all day shutdown of Facebook, Instagram. So Facebook's properties, right? WhatsApp, all of those kind of things. Did this have any kind of effect on your immediate business? Yes and no. Um, Right now, our advertising, because we have actually, it's a bit of a good problem. Uh, Really, since the pandemic started, we, our clinics have been overwhelmed with patients. Uh, So we've actually kind of dialed back some of the actual regular marketing, content marketing, um, or, you know, paid marketing for, you know, flu shots, things like that, our services. Uh, We focus most of our advertising right now on our new clinics that are opening and kind of getting that grand opening, new opening awareness. Um, So we, like I said, because our clinics have been so overwhelmed, uh, we kind of dialed some of that back. So it really didn't impact any of our day-to-day marketing activities. Um, The biggest thing we have running right now is like a lot of industries, we're trying to hire. And so we've had to shift and pivot a lot of our advertising to from, you know, come in and be seen to, hey, come in and work for us. Uh, So we, you know, we certainly saw, obviously our ads were down for that day. Our pages were down. Um, And then, you know, we, those ads, um, we're getting a lot of impressions, but we're not getting a lot of leads or a lot of conversions out of it. Um, So that has certainly been frustrating. Um, But I know that's a a problem a lot of industries are having right now of just um, worker shortages. Well, you know, it's it's interesting that you say that we work in this weird time where I, I would argue that we're post pandemic. I think it depends on who you're talking to and whether or not we're still in it post or, you know, yeah. pre or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but it did change, especially uh, certain types of business. For example, in the urgent care space, you, you, you made the comment we're overwhelmed. Right. And there's no shortage of opportunity except for the limitations of people who will come up to work. Yes. Now, are you finding that there is a shortage of people willing to work 
qualified to work, a mixture of these things, fear. Uh, what, what are you seeing in your, I mean, 22 locations. This is one thing for our listener who has one location that are managing that location. They get that, but it's something entirely different across 20 locations. Yes. Yeah. We're what struggling across, across all locations. Um, right. I'd probably say it's a combination. Um, you know, I'm, um, I'm hiring right now for a community engagement specialist for Georgia. So they would be my boots on the ground in Georgia, doing the grand openings, helping with events. Um, we've been, you know, sponsoring the post on Indeed. We've been doing Facebook advertising for the job. And in two and a half months, I've only had two applications. Okay. Um, so, which is, you know, which this is a really, you know, fun, great um, entry level position that we, in the past I've had no problem hiring for this kind of position. Um, so it definitely worries me to only see two positions on only one of which is remotely kind of qualified or would kind of remotely have my interest in terms of an applicant. So hopefully they're not um, listening right now. <laughs> I know, right? Hopefully they're not listening. But you know, so um, so that's that's one thing is so it's a mix of not getting enough applications. And then, you know, certainly for our um nurse practitioners that we're trying to hire, you know, you do have to be a certain level of qualification to be a nurse practitioner and a provider in one of our clinics. Um, you know, medical assistants, you know. Know, really, anybody can be trained to be a medical assistant, but is always preferred that they have, um, you know, a certain level of, you know, basic computer skills or, um, you know, customer service skills in a sense, right? Being able to welcome our patients, make them feel a part of our family, live our values that way. Um, so it is, uh, it's definitely been a struggle. Uh, I know in our clinic in Birmingham, one of our kids street clinics, we actually tried to extend the hours uh, to deal with the demand um, and split our team into two shifts. Um, but at this point we have not been able to keep either team fully staffed or either shift fully staffed. Um, and so we're actually kind of looking at reducing those hours again, because it's, you know, it's not fair to try to burn our staff out, um, you know, trying to meet that demand. And, and same thing with being a walk-in clinic. We've actually, um, as much as we love people to walk in, uh, we are really pushing our online registration, which kind of allows people to virtually, or, you know, allows people to register from home, wait at home, and then we text them when it's their turn to come to the clinic. Um, just trying to think of ways to kind of manage that volume um, so that we don't lose the already wonderful staff that we have uh, while we continue to try and hire and onboard and train more. You know, Betsy, what's funny about that, I, you know, I, I told you before this call uh, that I have uh, another agency that deals with, it's more generalist agency, right? We would deal with all kinds of clients. And uh, one of them is a barber shop. And um, pre-pandemic, you would go to the barbershop and you're lucky, like you're sitting there, the benches are full. They didn't take any online registrations. These are a couple of redneck dudes. I love them. Uh, and then during the pandemic, obviously they were shut down. And then when they started allowed to be opened up, they had to really manage through that. And so they went to this online registration model. And I was talking to Justin not too long ago, uh, who's I, I, I don't have any hair, but he does buzz it all for me. Right? <laughs> it was the double stubble, right? So all, all the same everywhere around. Thank you. Um, but he said, man, I'm never going back to anything other than book online. They use this thing called the cut or whatever. Um, have you seen uh, transitioning from more walk-in traffic to more booking online? Is it easier to manage the flow? Has this been a positive impact on your business? Or are you frustrated with that? It has its pros and cons. I think as a whole, as a company, it's definitely here to stay. We are fully behind it. Even patients who walk into the clinic are going to be given an iPad to register online. So they're basically been put into the queue. Um, but, you know, last 
June, we got the rapid COVID test and we were one of the first people in a lot of our areas to have that rapid test. And when I say overnight, I did one boosted post, not even a full ad campaign. I just boosted one post in our area. And the next day we had lines wrapped around the building of almost every single clinic. And in Alabama in the middle of summer, people want, and people were lining up at 6 a.m., you know, and when our kids street clinics at at that point, they didn't open until noon and they were waiting hours in the sun. It was a literal nightmare. Um, you know, we didn't have anybody to help manage those crowds or, you know, some of our staff less that would try to go out with water bottles. And, um, so, you know, for about a month and a half, two months, we really struggled with that until we could get that online registration process rolled out. Um, and so, you know, we have definitely become believers in it. We, we really love it. Um, you know, it does still kind of play to the convenience of our patients where they can, you know, they could register and wait in their car. They can wait at home. They can go run errands. Um, you know, we're obviously continually working to improve that. We, we jokingly call it the pizza tracker where they can see, you know, where in line they are so they can have yes. a really clear expectation of how long it's going to be before they go back into the clinic to be seen. Um, you know, so that is something we are continually trying to improve, but it is definitely here to stay um, just because it does make it easier for our staff to, you know, create that queue and, and, and again, manage the number of people who are in our clinic. You know, it's funny that you said pizza tracker. I literally have a question that I had written down. What is your pizza budget for each location to make sure that your <laughs> make sure that your staff is happy and engaged? And even though they're yeah. working longer hours, they don't suck such as much just because they have pizza and, and all that. I know it's a thing. You can't tell. It me is. We literally actually, as of this past few weeks, we are, you know, yeah. as we grow regionally, we are constantly working to say, okay things that we would individually take care of in the past. Like, how can we make that sustainable? How can we make that manageable? And like, like culture and fun, like birthdays and and celebrations for people at work, lunches, pizza, recognition. Uh, We just set budgets for all of those things uh, in the last week. So I'd have to pull it up. I want to say it's probably $200 a month per clinic uh, that our managers are easily. I was like, it may, it may even be a little bit more than that, but uh, you know, just, just for general, here's a thank you for being, I know you're slammed and overwhelmed, you know, who, who in town delivers or can go pick it up and we will buy you lunch and at least keep you fed. <laughs> we have a, we have an urgent care that we work with um, out of States. So uh, I believe it's New Mexico. And I remember talking, Hey, what is one thing that we can do to just serve your team right now? They're already, you know, just as slammed as everybody else. That's not the problem. Yeah. And he said, man, order pizza, please. Here's what we like. Here's the, and I was like, done, like, let's get your people fed. If that's all we can do, let's get you some <laughs> yeah. pizza. Right. So that's yeah. what we did. Uh, so that's why I brought up the pizza budget. I'm like, I know. Uh, and, and it kind of leads in like, what are you doing? Here's the thing. We know how to market right now. COVID's doing all the marketing for you. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and the limited staff is doing all the marketing for you. So how do you, how do you prevent burnout in your team? What fun things are you doing as the marketing person to just create camaraderie inside your organization, especially yeah. across 22 locations? Absolutely. Um, so, right. You know, when we started, we always do every summer, what we call family appreciation week, um, mm. or like family appreciation month as it's going to turn into. Um, and so, you know, in the past pre COVID, we used to get, 
you know, all the teams in a region together. Uh, everybody had different color t-shirts to kind of represent their team. We would play um, fun, you know, potato sack races and egg oh, cool. races and, and do a really fun like family picnic uh, where they could bring their kids, their spouses, um, and come kind of mingle with other clinic staff. Um, now here since the pandemic and as we continue to grow, it's a little harder for our corporate team to kind of travel and do all that all at the same time. So um, we've kind of developed that into um, just like a week of food. So we do a breakfast for each team, a lunch for each team. We stock the clinic with snacks and do something fun like an ice cream bar or like something really fun food, food wise uh, for that. We also do different dress up days and contests. Uh, so this year we did, you know, your favorite sports team, your favorite superhero. Um, uh, this year's theme was our family of heroes. So we did a lot of hero themed things. Um, uh, and then we do, of course, different competitions of like who can get the best, you know, review from a patient, you know, mentioning them or the best comment, um, you know, encouraging them to kind of share the love among each other, you know, and, and recognize their team members, their fellow coworkers, um, just to kind of boost that morale. Of course, we always do free T-shirts uh, for <laughs> Family Appreciation Week. That is but a, you, always but a But do you shoot them at people with a cannon? That's the important thing. Oh, we do not, unfortunately. We don't work on that, Betsy. We work on that. <laughs> I wish. I wish we could. That sounds like a lot of fun. Um, it could hurt too, but that's all right. As I say, we don't want to, <laughs> but you know, if somebody does get hurt, there's an urgent care right there to built in help. <laughs> built help. in help. That's right. Um, and then we also actually just um, here at the end of summer, uh, we closed all of our clinics down for half a day um, so that every shift got a half day off paid, that they got to go spend with their family, spend, you know, and do what they need to do to just reset, refresh, and refocus. I love it. That is so good. Um, I tell you just one of, one of the things that I think I muted you. There we go. I think we're good. Um, uh, one of the things, just if you take care of your team, your team will take care of your patients. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it, it can become jaded real quick if you have high turnover or people start quitting on you. Um, almost the cynicism of, why would I invest in my team? They're just not going to stick around anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, that can be something that you have to combat on a regular basis. It's exciting to see that y'all are pouring into that. You know, you had talked about, uh, at least in the notes that, that I had gone over, that you had grown your website traffic up 800%, yes. which is awesome. But you also said that your number one marketing platform you're using is Facebook. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, since you didn't bring it up, what part Google plays in the success of your company? Oh, absolutely. A big part. And uh, okay. that digital marketing person we're looking to hire, uh, part of the job description describes a Google Jedi master. Um, okay. So, of course, we are using Google My Business. Um, you know, we are trying to get listed in other directories like Castlight and Solve Health um, that also kind of help boost that visibility or that tend to end up being number one in search engine, you know, in that, in that, you know, ranking. Um, right. And as long as we're number one on Yelp or number one on, you know, these, you know, WebMD or whatever, you know, listing directories they have, you know, that definitely plays a role. Um, we, you know, definitely got into the structured data of our website to kind of, you know, make sure that we showed up in Google for a vaccine location as a testing location. Um, which also, you know, of course, required us to get listed on 80, the Department of Health websites and as listed as locations. So there was a lot of uh, directory listing updating to kind of go in there. Um, of course, we also try to kind of post through Google My Business, whether it's mm -hmm. the COVID updates, whether it's just, you know, uh, you know, once a quarter, at least we try to 
push something onto our Google My Business page uh, to keep it fresh, to kind of keep it relevant. Um, of course, as we have, you know, I mentioned our Pelham location changing hours, you know, I think we, we've done some seasonal hours and um, so it definitely plays a big role. We also do Google, you know, search and display ads through Google ads. Um, and, you know, we definitely see a lot of click throughs um, when it comes to display, um, you know, tracking that to an actual conversion, you know, doesn't seem to be as um, effective, but like I said, display. it's a lot. Yeah. yeah, I'll say, yeah, it's a lot of visibility. No, you're, you're talk, yeah, great. you're talking about the paid ads portion of it on yes, paid my ads favorite portion. website, which is CNET. I get to go look at the technology and then you just kind of follow me over there with a the display ad. Mm -hmm, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we do a lot of display and of course, search ads, um, you know, of course, thankful, I say, thankfully, in a lot of our rural areas, especially if we're the only game in town, it is not hard to rank number one. It's not hard to kind of get it up there. Um, but it also just depends on, you know, where you are located. You know, when we talk about Birmingham, there are two other pediatric urgent cares in town. And so obviously depending on where you are, um, you know, that one's going to pop up first for you. So it just kind of changes the way we target those right. ads versus obviously organic. If they're in this radius near our clinic, we're going to show up number one. So maybe let's target some of these peripheral areas to see if we can pull that traffic in. Um, so it's all, it, it kind of makes for a fun targeting game for sure. No doubt about it, especially when Google is so dominant and then also so reliant on relevance to location. Yes. So that can, that can be tricky if you're in X location trying to rank for Y and Z. Um, yeah. Yeah. And what's really not been our friend is the uh, iPhone update that does not allow for uh, that third party that. tracking from Facebook. Um, you know, that has definitely seen a... Um, a decrease in the numbers that we see in our reporting. It doesn't necessarily mean there's a decrease in volume or a decrease in traffic. Uh, it just means we can't track it, which is, right. of course, a marketer's world is, you know, how to track it and how to, you know, trace people through that funnel. Right. Yeah. And as a, as a consumer, you love the iPhone update. And as a marketer, you hate the iPhone update. Have you uh, taken the time to get familiar with Cappy? And are y'all utilizing that in your I Facebook thought. tracking? I have not. Okay, cool. So it's on I my list. <laughs> I won't dive deep into that. That's one of the things that like right out of the gate, we got on with, with uh, Facebook and said, hey, you got to get us through Cappy. We need to know what that is. So for those who don't know, it's the customer API, right? So yeah. that's how if you can't get your pixel to fire off, mm -hmm. you use Cappy on the website in the HTML code in right. order to track those conversions and it it works it's just a matter of being intentional about getting it built out on all the pages so yes. anyway worth looking into for sure if you uh, i would even argue as much as you rely on facebook uh that might be one of those things you want to bump yeah i was saying, i know we we do have api tracking um on several so we have our you know, our, our regular website that I get to maintain and, and do. And then we also have our backend portal that we have, we have our own in-house tech team that built our own portal uh, for mm -hmm. patients that we run our primary care out of um, our online registration that is all built by our team tech. Uh, so I know we've, we've made sure to kind of put those, you know, be able to track them from our site, you know, and okay, well, if they came in to our site from a source, you know, we want to make sure it tracks to that next, to that registration site uh, and to those primary care sites, because that's where those conversions are actually happening. Right. Um, so that's makes fantastic. It, makes for a fun it. puzzle. <laughs> it is. Yeah. And connecting all the dots, you know, getting oh, that yeah. omnipresence, making sure you're all over the place. Mm -hmm. That's a good thing. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about Main Street, Kid Street. Okay. So uh, just pulling out uh, the mission and the values of the company, 
Um, I love how simple and yet complex at the same time. It says, we help customers feel better fast. Mm -hmm. Unpack that a little bit with me. Yeah. Um, so we always talk, you know, our CEO has, you know, when he talks to new clinic teams, he always talks about, you know, if LeBron James came in, you know, the night before game six or game seven of the NBA final and he's sick and what would you do for him, right? Like what shots, what treatment would you provide him to get him back ready for that game? Um, and he says, now take that mentality and apply it to every single patient because that, that mom who comes in, She's probably got to take the kids to soccer and cheerleading and dance practice while also making sure she's getting the form signed for their field trip. And, you know, and there's so much that our everyday patients, you know, that, that it is their game six, right? It is their, you know, NBA finals that they're kind of trying to get through, whether it's a, a shift at work, you know, dealing with family. Um, so we want to make sure that, you know, whatever, you know, whenever a patient comes in, we want them to leave feeling better. And so right. that kind of ties back into, we have one of our values is heal and feel. Yep. So, and it, and it ties into that. So obviously we're going to do, you know, what is medically right and medically necessary to heal them, right? Whether it's a, you know, a cut that needs stitches, whether it's the flu, whether it's COVID, right? Um, what can we do to heal them? But then also what can we do to make them feel better, right? Um, so I know, you know, obviously we don't want to write unnecessary antibiotics or unnecessary prescriptions. But if, you know, that steroid shot is going to help that mom get through that next six hours of her shift and then be able to take Timmy to soccer practice and be there, you know, when I'm ready to take him home and feed him dinner, then that's what we're going to do, right? If that's what's going right. to make them feel better. So uh, that's always been our, one of our core philosophies is, you know, we want to heal and make them feel better. Sounds like you're trying to solve the immediate issue and then treat the long-term. Yes. Yep. Exactly. It. So one of the things that you have is your core values. Uh, we're going to go through all three because I, I just like them. I'm a core yeah. value nut. If you come into our office, we've got them on the walls. Oh yeah. Uh, your second core value is wow. And you can spell that backwards too, right? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it says we go the extra mile and then some. So let me make a quick, a quick comparison here. Being that we're both from Birmingham, we've experienced either the amazingness or the frustration of eating at Milo's. <laughs> which I happen to love it. Right. Yeah. So it just depends on who you are and whether or not you're going to love it. But I learned something from them that I did not know before. Have you ever eaten there? Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. So you know about the little extra chunk of meat they put on their burger. Yep. They call it LSA. Do you know what that stands for? No. It's called little something extra. LSE. Sorry. LSE stands for little something extra. And it, and it goes right in line with we go the extra mile and then song. So that's their actionable step in going the extra mile. And I would love to know what y'all's is. Ours can look like a lot. Um, so we always talk about, of course, we want to wow the patient, but we also challenge our staff to wow themselves. Uh, mm -hmm. Kind of look back and think, you know, wow, like I am proud of myself for doing that. Or wow, I never knew I could do that. Um, so that wow, when it comes to our patients, you know, that can include anything from, you know, when pre-pandemic, you know, when somebody would come in, if there was a long wait, you know, being able to just take their name and number and say, hey, you know what, it's going to be a while. Why don't you go run some errands? We'll call you when it's your turn, right? right. Of course, now registration handles that. But, um, you know, if somebody comes in and, and they're feeling faint or they're feeling, you know, really sick, you know, can we go ahead and bring them back into a room or can we get them water, a blanket, you know, something to kind of comfort them while they wait, Um you know, we've even talked so far as, you know, if you've got a kid in the clinic and they're having to get a shot or something and, 
they're not having it, you know, let's ask mom and dad and you, how do we feel about, um, you know, big characters? And the, the staff is actually encouraged to go get in our Dr. Wags mascot costume mm -hmm. and come visit the kid in their, in their patient room, you know, and kind of try to make that experience just a little bit better. Uh, we offer free coffee and juice and tea and water in our clinics just as kind of a added an added service. Um, we also offer some pre-packaged, pre-dose, pre-sealed medications um, so that they can actually skip the trip to the pharmacy. They can just get right. some of those medications sold right there. Um, so it can look like a lot of things. Um, we actually, um, our CEO, uh, there's a book or a little short story called uh, Johnny the Bagger. Um, and it's about a sweet kid who comes into a grocery store. Um, people don't think much of him. He's got some mental disabilities and you know, but he's a bagger and every day he writes little inspirational quotes and he puts them in every single bag. And the story goes on that, you know, over time people come to love these little inspirational quotes and, you know, the manager comes around the line for one cash register is just backed out around the corner and he's trying to call other cashiers up and they say, no, we want to be in Johnny's line. You know, we want, you know, and, and then because of that, okay, now people are shopping there more, the business is growing, they're having to hire more people in all departments, you know, and, and, and kind of how Johnny's inspirational quotes bleeds into everything else, where then the meat department is putting fun stickers on their meat packages, or, you know, and it really encourages everybody to put their own little spin on things or their own little personal touch. Um, that doesn't necessarily fall outside of, you know, what's operationally right or needed or protocol, but just something a little extra, like, like, you know, just like Milo's a little something extra uh, that really makes it a wonderful experience for our patients. It's, it's a, that is so awesome. First, I love that story. Oh, Two, yeah. uh, the misconception in my mind is that, is that extra mile, you know, it's not as big as most people think. It doesn't it's have to be a mile. Big, it could be no. two extra steps. You know, yeah, it could just right. be something so small um, to really, you know, make those patients feel wow. Um, right. And then to go above it, you know, and to make yourself say, wow, like, wow, I, you know, I really made an impact for you know what I thought was something small, just part of my everyday job or, you know, yeah, just offering that patient water while they wait or, you know, making sure they have a place to lie down or bringing them a little ice pack that they can take home, um, you know, just goes a long way. I remember taking my son, uh, my oldest, to the emergency room. And one of the things that meant a lot to me, because in any emergency room, you're waiting a while, right? <laughs> you, you just kind of know it. And when somebody comes in and then goes straight to the back, that can be frustrating, right? Yeah. And what you're, what went a long way to me is when the nurse came out and said, hey, I know you just watched that person go in. That person's dealing with something very serious. And I know it, it looks like we've skipped over, we're not, and we're going to get to you as soon as possible. That one little thing, you know what that did to me? It disarmed me. Yes. Because I was triggered. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep, yep, yep <laughs> That was yep. triggered. So, but that that's, that's a great example of going the extra mile. Even if it can't be perfect service, communication goes just a long, long way. You nailed it. Yeah. Part of our philosophy that we tell all of our staff members is the what's next philosophy. And so that rule is that you never leave a patient without telling them what to expect next. Um, so, you know, a lot of times we, our protocols, sometimes if somebody comes in with upper respiratory, we'll go ahead and swab them for cold and flu before the provider even comes in and orders it because we know the provider's going to order it. It's up respiratory. Let's go ahead and test those, rule those out, whatever we need. Um, right. And those take about 15, 20 minutes to run. 
And so we always say, you've got to tell them, hey, all right, we're gonna go ahead and run these tests. It's gonna be about 15 minutes. And then once they're finished running, then the provider will come in with your results. And, and just being able to communicate that, whether it's at the front desk, whether it's you know in the back, um, everybody, you cannot leave a patient without explaining and telling them what's next. Mm, that is good. All right, so seven years of experience now, or going on seven years yeah. of experience of marketing for the urgent cares and the locations. What do you wish you started doing early on? I wish I had started just with some of the digital marketing more heavily in the beginning. Um, In the beginning, we did a lot more just traditional advertising, social media, PR, grassroots. um, And really probably about a year and a half, two years in is when we really started um, you know, prioritizing a lot of that search engine optimization, a lot of the display ads, things like that, um, and trying to create more automated systems, right, and kind of different funnels of, okay, if they engage this way, they're going to get put into this, e- you know, and, and those triggers of, okay, then we're going to get their email and capture it and bring it over here and make them into this drip campaign. Um, I feel like I wish I'd started that earlier, at least right. tried to take more classes on that when I was in grad school or in college. Um, but it, it, you know, that was, that was, is the biggest thing I've had to learn on the job, which of course is, you know, pretty much the huge bulk of marketing now. So um, I have certainly kind of had to learn on the job and learn as I go with that, which has been a, a fun and, um, you know, learning something new every day for sure. That's awesome. That's actually uh, pretty close to what I would have said, even in my own business, yeah. is <laughs> I would have started paying sooner yes. for things that you don't think you can afford it. And then you're like, ah, you really can't afford not to. Oh yeah. We have had to outsource so much. I mean, up in this, as of January and this year, our team consists of basically two and a half people because I'm also over our sales team. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have two people under me and we have done all of the marketing, right? All of the grassroots, all the PR, all the digital marketing, all the social media, all the content creation. Um, And overwhelming is definitely, especially in the middle of, you know, and trying to get a lot of this shaped up here, you know, we, bless it, we came in with a 2020 strategy. We were so excited about it. We were going to just ramp and revitalize so much of our digital marketing efforts. And then so much of that got washed out the window um, when we had to then focus on, you know, COVID content and marketing and kind of communications for that. So, um, so yeah, it's definitely been a whirlwind and, you know, having a small team and trying to cover all the skills needed on a marketing team has been uh, definitely an adventure. (laughs) So I'm excited. Like I said, we're growing our team now to include a social media manager, a digital marketing specialist um, who can, we can outsource that, but we've, yeah, we had to outsource all of our graphic design through Fiverr. Uh, We've been working with one guy through Fiverr just to, uh, I mean, we turned out multiple months worth of content. We were just like, here are a bunch of, you know, stock images, you know, brand them, make them our colors, you know, and you hear the kind of the, categories we're putting them into and and having that content ready to go has been crucial for sure. I, I love that you brought up Fiverr because Fiverr and Upwork and these different companies are nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. Right. These are great companies that do excellent work. So yes. yeah, anyway. we found some great people through Fiverr. Um, you know, when we first opened Kid Street, we did like a full scale, like five minute commercial infomercial about Kid Street and uh, got actors and it was so fun, but um, you know, bless it. Of course we were silly and put um, the location specific information at the corner mm-hmm. of the video. And so now that we're opening more locations. We have to go back and say, okay, here's the original video. Here's the 
video, I need you to mask this up, you know, put the new location down here, change the ending uh, to put this new information, this new voiceover in. And right. um, so we've definitely, you know, had a lot of success and a lot of help through, through Fiverr. That's awesome. What an incredible conversation that we've had. I've enjoyed it, Betsy. I hope you have too. But before we go, will you give us one last thing, something that you would recommend to somebody that's listening that may run, operate in the marketing department uh, of maybe a smaller urgent care or even a multiple location like yours? Any last words of wisdom from you? Because you've been crushing it. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I would, I would just advise people to always think long-term sustainability. Um, I am definitely that kid in high school who did the group project all by herself and let everybody else take credit. Um, as you get more and more complex into the marketing world and as your business grows, uh, like you're saying, don't be afraid to outsource. Don't be afraid to find ways to automate or, you know, ways to make sure, even if it's, you know, um, internal company culture, right? Um, I was in charge of giving out, um, you know, these stainless steel tumblers as like a one-year anniversary present. And, across 22 clinics, that's just no longer sustainable for me to do as an individual. Right. Um, so it has certainly been something that I have said, don't be afraid to outsource, relinquish that control um, and make sure, you know, you've got the skills you need to cover all the areas you do. Hey, uh, Henry Ford used to say, uh, I don't know the answer to that, but I can find somebody who does. Yes. Find, yes. Find, exactly. find somebody who find somebody who can answer that question. Yes, and uh, they're yep. never going to do it the way you will, but it will get done, right? Exactly, exactly. Uh, Bessie, I've sure enjoyed talking with you today. So uh, they can go to Main Street Urgent Care, Kid Street, right? Yes, MainStreetFamilyCare.com uh, or KidStreetUrgentCare.com. Um, they can find all of our locations and more information about us. And what's the best way for people to connect with you? Because you're a bomb marketer. You're so sweet. Uh, I would say, yeah, reaching out via LinkedIn. Um, I'm all my social media profiles are public, uh, so you can come, you know, see my Instagram with my puppy dogs or find me on LinkedIn. Um, and yeah, happy to chat. Awesome. We'll put all those in the show notes. Betsy, thank you for joining us today. I'm excited for y'all's success, and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks. You too, Nick. All right, bye. <laughs> bye. Bye.